Hello and welcome to No Helmet Required, the original Cedar Cove podcast, in which I, Auntie Karen, and my two friends, Auntie Sarah and Uncle Brian, provide a play-by-play of each and every episode of the original Hallmark dramatic series, Cedar Cove. Auntie Sarah, Uncle Brian, would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure. My name is Auntie Sarah, and uh, in the eighth grade, I wrote a very long report that I had to research all by myself as a child on the siege of Vicksburg during the American Civil War. But my favorite battle is the Battle of Shiloh. Why? I like the name. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I've got. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah. I'm Uncle Brian, <laughs> um, and I have gone on a ghost tour Woo! of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. No! The Gettysburg Ghost Tour. I'm yes. so envious. And do you know how many ghosts I saw? So many. None, because... <laughs> Ghosts don't actually exist. You mean you didn't just imaginary them to life? I did not. Should have. Yeah. You should have pounded like an entire thing of vodka before starting that tour. You would have seen all kinds of ghosts. Oh, I should have. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that kind of thing. But boy, it did sort of just feel like we were at camp, around yeah. a campfire, and we walked, but we were walking, and then the camp counselor told us stories. Oh, spooky stories. I would have been so into that. Yeah. As I mean, a child, as an adult, now, tomorrow. Well. There's still time for me. Field trip. There's still time for you. <laughs> there is still time for you. I thought it could be enjoyable in a somewhat altered state. Yeah. Or it might be too spooky. Oh, it might be too spooky. I might, I might poop myself if I were in an altered state. I'd probably have to be sober. Hmm. What if... Well, that's... I can't watch scary movies by myself because I start yelling at the dog as if he's going to save me. And the mm-hmm. dog's like, I'm a dog. What do you want from me? What, what if we all went there and got smashed and went on that tour together? I think if I were with you guys, that would go really well. I, I think it'd be hilarious. I'd have to pee all the time. Do they have porta potties at the battlefield? Of, of, well, uh, a lot of it is not actually even on the battlefield. Oh, okay. So it's just on the streets of the town. So. Oh, well, thank God. So you can always duck in a Yeah, duck in a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duck in a bathroom. Duck in a CVS. Cut another shot. Yeah. Tuck in a CVS. Yeah. Tuck in a CVS. Excuse me. It's in the bathroom. CVS. <laughs> every CVS and every Walgreens. Sorry, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> well, I'm Auntie Karen, and I really don't have a lot of favorite things about the American Civil War. <laughs> um, but I did read a very excellent book called March, which was a... Uh, it was a telling of Little Women Ooh. from the character of Father March. His point. He was remember he was off fighting huh. um, in the Civil War during that whole time. It was just you know um, the mom and the four daughters. But he, but he was actually on the battlefield during that whole time. So oh. it's the whole thing from his point of view. It's a very very good book. What was, was it? Just Brooks. like I'm I'm cold and I'm wet and I'm probably starving half to death. Yeah, and he was an abolitionist, so it was about his, you know, their thing. And then it kind of did some prequel stuff with his relationship with um with, with the kiddos Mother, and... Mother March before oh. they even got married. How and interesting. Every so often he says, oh, they, go ahead. They were transcendentalists. Of it course was, they were. Good, yeah. That's awesome. I wonder how those little women are doing back home. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they're playing the piano. That was it. Yeah, I'm and sure some of the letters, <laughs> the letters back and forth, putting on plays for each other, yes. selling dolls, spending all their allowance on perfume. <laughs> Burning the backs of their dresses, getting their gloves dirty. I love it. I read that book too many times. I love okay. it. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so so we asked ourselves this question because this week we're going to walk you through our synopsis of Season 3, Episode 5, which is called Civil War. <gasps> we don't need no Civil War. Yeah. Brother against brother or brother against sister. <gasps> as in this case. Yes. Yep. In the G story, um, I am calling it Bob Hates Paul and Paul Does Not Care. Yeah. <laughs> At the time and tie, Paul cruises up on his motorcycle and once again tries to engage Bob about last night's terrible dinner party. You'll remember, dear listener, from last episode when Olivia tries to welcome Paul to town and Will and Warren crashed it and Cliff and Grace broke up. And Paul tried to pour wine for Jack, the recovering alcoholic. (laughs) Anyway, Bob's tight-lipped, so Paul tries another tactic to engage him with woodworking knowledge. He says, you'd probably get a smoother cut with an 80 blade. But Bob professes he likes the 60. And then they get in a pissing contest about woodworking knowledge when Paul comes right out and says, you don't like me. 
Bob says, the 60 blade is better because sometimes smooth is too slick. Oh! oh. I think he's talking about Paul. Oh. Oh, oh I get it. Yeah. yeah. He also says the blade you start with is the blade you should finish with. Ah. Oh! Another metaphor. But what if it gets dull and terrible and you try to cut too hard and then it slips and then it cuts your arm off? I don't know. You sharpen it? Yeah. I don't know. You gotta keep it sharp. Who knows? I don't uh, know. Terrible. This is a metaphor that no one wants to continue with. Shut yeah. up, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's a G story. Great. It's still half. I I think this is probably going to go on all season. I'm yeah. so glad that this was a fast G story. Yeah, it's quick. Yeah. Um, in the F story, I'm going to follow mm. um, Uncle Brian's um, uh, proclivity to put this sexual stuff in the Sex F story. Sex story. Yeah. So I'm naming the F story, which is Hallmark's version of Sex in the City. Yeah. Chastity in the Cove. <laughs> JK, guys, there's no actual sex in this story. Never. <laughs> and there probably never will be. Chastity in the Cove. I would not watch that. I would not watch that. I would not. I would also not watch that. But I, I, I kind of we, yeah, we all watch that. that. No. no. Jennings Esquire and Lynette Sideburns PA are sitting on the steps of their front porch drinking coffee and waving to Gloria, their across the street neighbor, as she leaves for the day. Lynette says, She's nice. And Rebecca says, She's lying. Her real name is Laura Moore. I saw it on her driver's license when I accidentally went through her purse. Watch yourself, Ms. Friendly. There's something off about our new neighbor. Yeah, and then much later in this episode, Gloria slash Laura is meeting with Rebecca Jennings Esquire, where else but on a park bench. Why? Yeah, they are neighbors and could have easily had this conversation on a porch or in a kitchen. Like in their neighborhood. Yeah, here in Cedar Cove, we love private conversations in public spaces. (laughs) Rebecca confronts her saying, what about your other name? Gloria Laura is like, I work for the sheriff and my name is Gloria. Rebecca says, I know what I saw. Gloria's like, why were you in my purse? Back off and stay away from my stuff. Yeah. And she grabs her purse and stomps off. But then she, but also, right, she shows her her license, which oh, says Gloria, Gloria Austin like or something the, on yeah, it. she has like gotten a different license. Like, she's gotten so yeah. there is well, something. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the wrong, she should have just said, yeah, Gloria is my grandmother's name, and that's what I grew yeah. up with. And yeah. What's and Rebecca's all like, does the sheriff's department know you have two names? And yeah. that actually did I then actually started wondering. Mm-hmm. Like, Why does she have two names? Well, also, like, does the sheriff's department, like, do they do <laughs> yeah. background checks does on these people that they hire? On um, this yeah, Cedar Cove, yeah. or is just everything backwards and wonker jawed and, oh, yeah. your name's Gloria and you used to be a sheriff somewhere else and you need a job here? Okay. Yeah. Great. Here's yeah. a badge. We're not, yeah. Yeah. I, it but, was weird. I think this means Rebecca Jennings Esquire is going to be a super sleuth, though. Oh, totally. Yeah, she's I'm, going full on Nancy Drew on this. Oh, I, I love her. I, I like super sleuth. I like it, too. I love I'm it. I'm cool with it. Yeah, me too. Um, the E story was going to be about Mary Ellen and Jern Berman slash John Daniel Kirkwood, <laughs> new John, but they weren't in this episode, so there's no E story. <laughs> Merry Christmas, happy hey, birthday, mom. happy Hanukkah. <laughs> oh, well done. Ta-da. Bye, Jern Berman. Yeah, bye, Jern Berman. Maybe, I, I feel like ever coming back. I mean, Mary Ellen still is in Cedar Cove, but yeah. she just wasn't in this episode. If Cliff and Grace actually get married, I assume Mary Ellen will have to be there. It's like uh, a weird... Like, why, yeah. are we, why are they doing this to us? I don't know. Why, why indeed? Why indeed. And why bring back John Daniel just for one episode right? with a different actor? Yeah. Dumb. So dumb. Weird. Super weird. You could have done all of that without bringing him back. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe people really missed Mary Ellen, but they didn't want to break them up, so they wanted to show Mary Ellen. But so now they're like, breaking them up. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so they were not in this episode, so we'll move on to the D story. Yay! Yay! So we open this story with Cliff jogging down Grace's front steps with a duffel bag over his shoulder, <laughs> and she is scurrying after him saying, you don't have to take all your stuff. He's like, we broke up, so yes, I do have to take all my stuff. 
She's like, it's working. Let's just keep things as they are. Is it working? He says, working for you, but not for me. I don't think mm. it's working. Yeah, I don't think it's working. No. Yeah. He piles in his truck and looks depleted while she makes a beeline back to her house. Her hair looks terrible. Yeah, it's the, these extensions are weird. Yeah. Because you can kind of see where they stop and start <laughs> on the back of her head. Yeah. 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 No. It's like she, it's like her, maybe she had a horrendous, um, like, hair bleaching accident. Oh. And, like, lost a bunch of hair, and so then they had to glue hair on. Oh. <laughs> oh, like a Barbie doll. Yeah, I mean, that happens. Could she have just worn some hats and turbans? Yeah. Did we have to do this? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. She is too young for turbans. Big floppy hats. <laughs> oh my god, I would love to see her in a turban. She should just live the rest of her life in a turban and a moo-moo. It's what she's already, like, channeling. Well, I don't know. All right. <sighs> then Grace is at Moon's with Olivia, deciding whether her feelings taste like a muffin or a fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia pressures her into talking about Cliff. Grace doesn't want to talk about it. But they are because Olivia always gets her way. Yes. Olivia's like, you were engaged. And Grace says, no, we were pre-engaged. <laughs> he, he gave you a ring, but I didn't put it on. Oh, my God. Which is why he broke up with you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I broke up with him. And then they argue about his hideous decor and how Grace doesn't want to be married. Wagon wheel coffee tables, The wagon says. wheel coffee table. You know, she's got a good point, but that was a and point that she should have... Mm, well, never mind. I mean, look, what, I think what I'm struggling with is why won't anyone believe Grace when she says she just doesn't want to be married? Yeah. yeah. She just keeps saying, look, I just don't want to be married. I I had, yeah. a, yes. I had a bad marriage. It's over. I have barely recovered from it. Yeah. I like Cliff, but I don't want to be married or this yep. is all too fast. Yep. Like, why yeah. isn't that just yeah. okay? It does. I, mean, I feel like they haven't even dated all that long. Yeah. And there's been no conversation about where they would even live. She yeah. clearly does not want to move in no. to the ranch. Boots on the wall. And he can't... If, Give he, up if the, the ranch. ranch is his business, yeah. he can't just, you know, leave it. Right. So I feel like... Uh, it's just weird. Yeah, in this episode in particular, for reasons that we will very soon yeah. get to... I felt like nobody was letting her just say what she wanted. Yeah, it's, yeah. So Nobody was letting her be her. No, Moon comes by and Grace decides that her feelings taste like cake. Which is what they should taste like. Yeah. yeah. And Moon Fruit has, salad is not what your feelings no, taste no. like. And ever. Moon is, is famous for chocolate cake. Do you That's guys remember that? They have a famous chocolate oh. cake. Oh. Jack brought it over to Olivia's one time when That's he was right. when he made a romantic candlelit meal. Yum. Yeah. Yeah. So is then, that what Debbie Macumber ordered when she was there? Oh my god, oh, she must have man. You know I couldn't stay away. Turn the chocolate cake. Yeah, her feelings taste like cake. So then Bob and Grace are talking about town manager stuff. <sighs> and he is surprised by how perky she is. He's wondering about Cliff, and she's just like, bikes, library, gotta go. She's on Peggy's meth yes, she's, in that yeah, scene. She's like, she is like, manic. She's she like, is. I want to give, I want to have free bikes all over town for everybody. <laughs> and now I'm going to do this, and now I'm going to do this, and now I'm going to get to the library. Bye. Yeah, this is like not even a real job. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, if this is a why is she even job, there in the daytime? Why is she there in the daytime? Why is there even an office? Yeah, I I don't get it. Um, then she asks him to do something. I forget what it was, but he refuses, saying that it's his and Peggy's anniversary, thirty years. Grace manically congratulates him and says, <laughs> "Let me plan a huge party." Why? But he says, "No, they'll just spend it together, just the two of them." But you know, Grace. Uh, oh, but then he says, but you know, Grace, ignoring pain only makes it worse. And then she breezily says, I'm not in pain. I'm relieved. Uh-huh. But no one believes her. No. <sighs> yeah. 30 years. I know. Bob, Peggy put up with Bob for 30 years. Oh, boy. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. That he, feels like not enough time. No, because, like... Haven't they been together since, like, before since the Vietnam War? They've literally been together since Nam. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 30 years is not quite not enough Nom. time. No. Maybe they, maybe they didn't get married, right? Maybe they I were just so. sort of yeah. shacking up for a while. 
Uh, yeah. And then finally got married. Because we're supposed to read like, him at least, right? As in his 60s. Right. Early 60s, right? I, I think at so. Least. I mean, at Vietnam, least. Right? I mean, Vietnam vet. Yeah. yeah. So, think of, that's pretty late to get married, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if they've been together since Vietnam. It wasn't like right. he was already home for 10 years and then they got married. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They could have said 40 and I would have bought it. They oh, could have. Or 35 at least. Yeah. Anyways. Bob and Peggy are then walking down Main Street and Peggy is asking Bob how Grace is doing. They are on opposite sides here. Bob thinks that Grace needs to snap out of it and Peggy is judging Cliff for proposing in a dirty barn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Peggy thinks that that's the problem. It's that's not, the problem? It's that's not the that, problem. It's not that Grace isn't ready or fearful or wants to take things slower or just doesn't want to be married. It's the fact that Cliff proposed in a dirty barn. That's the problem. That's what That's what uh, Peggy thinks the problem is. Then they banter about horse excrement. And Bob's own lackluster proposal so many years ago. And then they twinkle at each other saying, we need to help our friends. Oh, boy. So I guess the Beldons are going into full busybody mode trying to get Grace and Cliff (sighs) together. Uh, Do you think this is going to work? I've seen the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I haven't. I don't like it. It's probably going to work, but everyone's going to hate it. Is that it? I don't know. I wish. Yeah. That I would wish. be great, wouldn't that it? That would be great. <laughs> Meddling should be... Meddlers should learn a lesson. I feel yeah. like they should be put in the stocks. They <laughs> <laughs> should. There should be stocks in the town square. Bob and, and Peggy or... Meddler. Oh, Bob and Peggy Bob. should be put in the stocks. Yeah. Maybe the town manager could arrange that. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. 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 She really should be able to. So, Bob's scheme is to tell Grace that he needs to all of a sudden put together a surprise party for Peggy because she wants to do something different this year. So, just, you know, an hour ago, she wanted to, it to just be the two of them, but now she wants a party. Yeah. And Bob is caught flat-footed and needs Grace to help. Grace takes the bait and says, I'll help. Peggy across town has tracked Cliff down and pretends to have just run into him. And he sort of, he knows that that's not true because Peggy was not super slick about it. She called the ranch and they told her where he was. And then they texted Cliff and said, Peggy's looking for you downtown. (laughs) So when she tries to pretend they're just running into each other. I imagine meeting you here. He was like, which is not what you even need to say. Like, because everybody runs into everybody Yeah, like, why would you even say that? Yeah. Yeah, there's no need. Yeah. So, she says it's about Grace, but we don't know what else she says because the scene, of course, ends. <laughs> but Grace is on a mission for Bob. So, she's at Moon's asking for help catering or maybe hosting a giant party for Bob and Peggy. Moon is solicitous about her well-being, and she's like, what do you mean? I'm fine. But then Cliff walks in, and they, and they look at each other, and there's a spark. Then he turns around and walks out. <laughs> she has a big plastic smile when she tells Moon she is fine. <laughs> but she's not. No. She's sitting on a bench, where else, and calling him. But he's not answering. So cut to Bob, Bob and Peggy's anniversary party setup, where Grace is fussying about and trying to scoot Peggy out of the way before all the finishing touches are done. There are candelabras and purple balloons everywhere, tons of flowers and food. Purple like, balloons. Yeah, like they're... What, is, what were all those purple balloons about? It's Grimace's birthday party. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why? I don't... Uh, Why? It just seems like... Why all those decorations? Why, yeah, and... and Anyway, yeah, so there's tons of food. There's balloons. Grace is all dressed up. Yeah. And then Bob walks in saying, Grace... The surprise is for you. <gasps> so Cliff enters, spouting a lot of romantic talking about how he proposed badly before, but he really did think about it, and he really <sighs> does want to spend the rest of his life with her. He gets down on one knee in front of Bob and Peggy. I guess no one else was invited to this party. Yeah, right. Like, did they... It's very awkward. Did Grace not invite anybody, or... To- Peggy? Oh, yeah. Did Bob say, I'll take care of the guest list? You just do all the work. But if they're going to actually make an entire big party for Grace's engagement, why wouldn't they have actually invited her friends to be there to celebrate with her afterwards? Maybe they're coming later. No, they're not. Nobody, yeah, nobody does. And then who's going to eat all that food? It's just a lot of untouched food. Yeah, why'd you make all that food? Untouched food. Blow up all those balloons. Anyway, 
Um, he gets down on one knee. Um, she stammers, you still want me? <laughs> oh. He says, of course, I never stop. She puts her hand out. He puts the ring on and she squeals, I'm engaged. <laughs> oh so my God, her, what? All her misgivings about the wagon wheel coffee table and not wanting to be married have melted away because now this is a good engagement. I've had it. A, I've had it. Instead of a horseshit engagement. Solved it. It's still a horseshit engagement. And this you're just dumb. She's the one that did all the decorations. Yeah. <laughs> this is they the most absurd decorate. thing. Uh, yeah. Solved it. Oh. Yeah. Problem solved. They're dancing to some country music surrounded by all the purple balloons that Grace apparently arranged and blew up herself. <laughs> with Bob and Peggy creepily watching from the hall. <laughs> great, way to, great way to spend your anniversary, Bob and Peggy. Keep the romance alive with some down-home meddling and voyeurism. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, well, that's the only... That's the only spark they have left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Uh, Okay. You pretend you're Grace. I'll pretend I'm Cliff. Oh. (laughs) That's too gross. I can't even take it. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. But also, maybe that's what they need in their relationship. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to judge. Whatever. It's their thing. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. Okay, so this... Chili by the fire. This is great. A mishmash of different things, but I think it all comes together. I love a good mishmash. Mishmash, mash it, mash it, mash it, mash it, mash it, mash it all up. Uh, so Mrs. Saget, Kelly, <laughs> the one with the gluten allergy and the long brown hair, who sort of looks like a younger Olivia, yeah. and the only one who could stand up to Buck Saget. She bursts into Warren's office, wondering where he was yesterday. Where were you? He. Exactly, just like that. He was supposed to be in court for their contrived divorce proceedings. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's he's pretty toned down in a light gray suit and a light blue pattern tie. Oh, he's demure. I, yeah, I kind of miss his evil Willy Wonka power flashing. <laughs> yes. But, you know, maybe he's under too much stress to put together outfits right now. Yeah. 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 He says he wants the engagement ring back. It was his mother's. And she says, I love that ring. And he says, I loved my mother. Okay. He's well, human. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's got feelings he in there. He loved his mom. Aww. Um, she I happens, wonder, oh, I wonder what happened there. I know. Well, she she happens to have the ring in her purse, hands it over, and says she's sorry to hear that uh, Mrs. Saget passed, the elder Mrs. Saget passed. So this must have been fairly recent that she died. Yeah. And there's a little sad piano, and they reminisce about how nice she was and how much she loved holidays. Probably a plug for Hallmark holidays. Yeah, love. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah. She loved Christmas that one. And yeah, she just she loved, loved her little Christmas. Warren. It's Except true. how they send him to boarding school. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. For his whole. Yeah. Childhood. And then she says he loved you. She loved little Warren. He says you used to love me too. And she Aww. says she still does and always will, just not like a wife. Aww. He is rueful and agrees to meet her in court. Like an ex-wife. Probably the same day, because you know how Cedar Cove is. <laughs> yes. She makes him swear on his mother's ring that he will show up. Which, by the way, is the size of an ice cube. It's ginormous. That is a big ring. It's a big-ass ring. I don't know, three carats? I have no idea. It's, yeah, I, I don't, don't even know I what don't, that means. It's big. Um, it might be the size of three of the baby carrots. That you yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like I really don't know my dips. carrots. That you, that you dip in hummus? Yeah. So, <laughs> Warren and Kelly, that's Mrs. Sackett's first name is Kelly, yeah. are in his office talking when Justine shows up to drop off something from her uncle, Will. Warren tries to hustle her out without introducing his two exes, but they have manners and introduce themselves. He's super uncomfortable, and they start exchanging stories about all the lies Warren has told him. <laughs> it's a pretty French. awesome scene. He's a marathon runner. <laughs> you guys, we know from that scene where he was trying to keep up with yeah. uh, Justine running that he is not a marathon runner. No. Um, and then Kelly says, you know, he's actually a pretty good guy sometimes. And Justina's like, what? But that's what just patently false. No, yeah. I mean, he's not a good guy. No. At all, ever. Yeah. And then later, Paul is with Olivia in her chambers when Will shows up to complain about her serving him an injunction. <gasps> injunction, injunction, injunction. What's your Messing up families. Yeah. <laughs> with phrases and clauses. What are we going to do with phrases and clauses? I love that. Good job. Injunction, injunction. Oh so the injunction is against doing anything to Charlotte's house without Olivia's <laughs> consent. 
he's livid and insinuates that he couldn't get a fair hearing in this town because all the judges are her friends. Or non-existent. Yeah, yeah. they don't exist. And he's totally right. Yeah, Judge Thomas is totally... Suddenly exists. Yeah. But he's in her pocket. Totally. And then she turns it up three notches and says, I'll sue you for slander. Oh, okay. Some of the... Again, some of the like, most energetic acting I've seen from Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell in this... is like drinking coffee all of a sudden. Yeah, she yeah. went to town on that scene. She really did. Um, it escalates pretty fast. Uh, the fact that Charlotte is supposedly vacationing somewhere and doesn't want to go through her own stuff at all and wants these two to work it out is not at all credible. No. no. I'm wondering, you guys, okay, here's, here's one of my ideas. Is this whole thing loosely based on a plot in one of the books in which Charlotte has died and they just don't want to kill her on the show? Oh, that would make so much sense if she were actually a dead person and they were dealing with her estate. Right? Because she's dead. Because she's dead. (laughs) Instead of on a forever cruise or hanging out on Cape Cod or whatever the ruse is at this point. Because it seems to me like they're arguing over whether to keep the house or sell the house or develop Um. the house. If she were still alive, she would have an opinion about I mean, she wouldn't yes. completely not care. She has so many opinions about so many damn things. She yeah. does. Yeah, and she's, in, she's a nosy busybody getting into everything all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Do you think she's actually dead in yes. the books? And that also raises the question, what other characters on are the dead. show are, are dead, dead <laughs> in the books? Is got- Seth too dead? Dead you Jordan. Better be. Dead, dead Jordan. Well, Dead Jordan is dead. Dead Charlotte. Seth too better be dead. Seth too is dead. Is Jern Berman dead? Jern Berman! <gasps> dead. 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 Probably Mary Ellen's a widow. Dead. Yep. Eric is dead. Eric's definitely dead. Oh, Eric dead. died in the storage. Yep, Eric did. He died. Yep, thing. yeah. Dick, Dick Trickle. Turnbull. Turnbull. <laughs> yeah, Dick Turnbull. Yeah, Dick and Turnbull. then the Hallmark Channel was like, oh, sorry. No one can produce it. They don't kill people on this program. <laughs> Only dead Jordan can be dead. Yeah, the producer said, Debbie, the body <laughs> count is too high in your novels. You have too many dead characters, Debbie Maycock. And she's like, fine, I'll let you do this again without anyone dying other than dead Jordan. I don't think and, that's um, her voice. As long as I get a cameo. <laughs> many dead people. So, so many, many dead, dead people. people. Oh my gosh, Grace's other daughter's probably dead. Oh, yeah, Paul. And Jerry's dead. Kelly? Oh, <gasps> is Kelly Mrs. Kelly. Saget? No. And Jerry's dead. And Jerry may not have ever existed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. So. Yeah, then Olivia says, you wanted to bring the thunder? Go buy yourself an umbrella. I'll see you in court. That is incredible. I <laughs> want to use that. She said it just like that, She too. did. It was awesome. It was very interesting. I want to use that at work. Do it. Yeah. I don't know in what context I'd ever need to say that. Yeah. I hope you never have to tell someone you'll see them in court. No. Oh, you want to bring the thunder? I'll bring a... What was go, it? Go buy yourself an umbrella. Go buy yourself an umbrella. Go buy yourself an umbrella. I'll see you in my office. I'll see you in the lecture hall. I'll see you at the division. I'll see you at the library. I'll see you. <laughs> it loses some of its power when I know, you I know. list six you or seven places. You see Here are all the places I will see you. <laughs> In alphabetical order. <laughs> I'll see you at the coffee stand on a break. I'll see you at the coffee cart. I'll see you in that weird little kitchen that's off the the main entrance. Off the main entrance. I'll see you in the elevator. Where the staff microwave their soup. (laughs) Sometimes I'll see you in the parking lot if we arrive around the same time. I'll see you as we're exiting the building exactly same time at 5.01. You'll be very uncomfortable. And I hope you have your umbrella. Because if you want thunder, I'm bringing the thunder. (laughs) Oh... At the budgetary meeting. <laughs> the budgetary. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I'll see you at the town forum. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so then 
I guess Paul was just standing there in the office this whole time watching this exchange. Wow. It's like he was there at the beginning of the scene, yeah. and then they never showed his face again, but he didn't actually leave. So he just faded away. He just, just yeah. kind of crept out. Yeah. He backed out creepily. I mean, but you, you don't see it happen. No. I don't know. Anyway, he may Paul, still be there. He may still be there. <laughs> backed up in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> With no exit. <laughs> no, but he's not, because later he's sitting oh. on a bench drinking coffee. Oh, well, he made it out. Yeah, yeah, and of course Olivia shows up because she just can't resist the bench. Yes. <laughs> they talk about the injunction, the property, her brother. He says, can I offer some unsolicited advice? Oh. The only people who win in court are the lawyers who rack up the fees. You could lose family here. Oh, like she gives a shit about... About her brother, the polygamous cult leader. Yeah, well, I don't know. She pretends she does. I mean, she kind of... I guess she sort of does. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I mean, he's much calmer than Jack, I'll say. Like, Jack yes. gets riled up about things, and we've never seen Paul... I thought this was reasonably he's, good advice. Yeah, he's pretty unstable. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 Um, we'll pick all this back up in the A story. Is this... Is this the scene where she drinks his leftover coffee? No, I, I think that's a little bit later. Okay, sorry. Because there's oh. two bench and coffee scenes. That's oh, very okay. intimate. Yeah, it we're really, going to... Is it disgusting? Is there a backwash? We'll talk about All it. Right. Okay, sorry. Um, That's okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, then Kelly Saget approaches Warren at Moon saying, what's it going to take? Meaning, how can I get out of this marriage once and for all? <laughs> and he says, dinner. We started this marriage with champagne and cake and we should end it like that. I... One last meal. Champagne and cake? Boy, do I love Warren Saget. Yeah. <laughs> He's my kind But this also probably means that he, like, swore on his mother's engagement ring that he'd show up on court and then didn't. Yeah. 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 So, so I guess says, she owns the ring now. I guess. Yeah, it's her, yeah it's right? So we should have it back. Yeah. She says, okay, it's still hard to say no to him. So they're at the captain's galley, and he's ordered the a... captain's galley. Yeah, I know, right? Where he's else would they go? Yeah. He's ordered a meaningful wine. Uh-huh. She says, that was a great trip, and he's such a romantic. So apparently it's like a nod to something they did together yeah. at some point, the, the right. wine. The wine has meaning. Syrupy Moscato. Pro- syrupy oh. Moscato. <laughs> Probably it was a syrupy Moscato. Um, he's got her laughing, and you can see that they were once, you know, a... A pair with some chemistry. I like them. I do too, I like their chemistry. I know. So, this is, this is the side of Brynn and Elliot that we see in all those Hallmark movies. Like, uh, so he's in the one with Brooke Shields, right? The flower pot. The flower, or flower, flower, flower pot. That's true. <laughs> There's one common thing about the pot, right? The flower pot. <laughs> Mum's the word. Oh, God. Oh, dearly depotted. Oh, it is. No. Yeah, it's the flower shop mystery, Excuse dearly depotted. Yeah, that's the name of one of yeah. the flower shop mysteries. It's, <laughs> it's like the <laughs> Southie Boston... Dearly depotted. Dearly depotted. Dearly depotted. Dearly depotted. But he's... He's he's actually very good in those roles. Like you see him as Warren Saget, and you don't. It's it's hard to imagine that other side of him. But he's in that one with the inn uh, with Lacey Chabert. I have not seen any of those. Um, I call, as you know, I call her Lackey Chasbert. <laughs> <laughs> Lackey Chasbert. It's the best fake weirdo name. Lacey Chabert. Yeah, Lackey Chasbert. Lackey Chasbert. I just see her on the screen and I want to call her that. Lackey Chasbert. She's, she's adorable. Oh, she's sure. She's my girl. She has a chip on her. She really should. I she am Lackey Chasbert. That's her voice. Yeah, she's always just like, oh, um, well, what am I going to do about the gingerbread? Or what am I going to do about the wine label? How am I going to fix up this inn by myself? She wears a lot of mascara. She wears a lot of mascara. A lot of... Do you think that she like maybe doesn't have eyelashes and so that they're like fake or something? Oh, maybe. She's I don't just know. a woodland creature in the world. It's she's in that one with Mike. <laughs> oh, the one with Mariah Carey. Oh, the one with Mariah um, Carey. Yeah, the Christmas one. The Christmas Mariah Carey was in it? Uh, sort of. Yeah, she sort was never of. actually in a scene yeah. with anyone else because every time the camera was on her, it was on only her. That's right. But we're led to believe that she was talking to other people. You know what? That's the with <laughs> That's the way she does everything. I when I think of, of Mariah Carey doing, remember the the one of the last Christmas, it, like the performances that she did where she couldn't be bothered to do anything, like to really move to make uh-huh. any of the movements. Okay, 
this is like the film equivalent of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. She's like, I'll do your your show. I think she actually directed this film. No way. You're kidding me. (laughs) No, she did. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. (gasps) Can you imagine being Lackey Chasbert? No. Who's (laughs) who's like a consummate pro. Like, she's been in. She's an actress. So many of these things. Like, whether or not she's good. (laughs) (laughs) She's been in a million of these things. And then she has to, like, Take direction from Mariah, from Mariah Carey. No, you know what this reminds me of? Remember in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> the baby who offset and when they stop filming actually has like a, a, a like an old man voice like this and he smokes cigars. When I think of Lackey Chasbert, I think <laughs> she's like that. Where she, you know, she's a... She's a chipmunk on, on camera. On ca- and she's on camera all the time, but, you know, she's a working professional. And when she's not on camera, she's a cigar-chomping old man with a crazy voice. And he's like <laughs> and sexually she actually goes by Lackey. Instead <laughs> hey, of Lackey. Lackey! Yeah. Yeah. My name's Lackey Chasbert. I had to change it to Lacey, whatever it was, to, you know, placate the old ladies on Hallmark. Lacey We're sorry, be. Lacey. We're sorry. We love you, girl. I watch all your movies. I do, too. Well, I didn't watch the Love on Safari one. That looked slightly, <laughs> slightly racist. Oh, like, that had some racial issues it. in it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that was not good, Lackey. Watch it. Lackey. Lackey. That's not her fault, guys. She well, signed she on signed to the, the project. Well, she probably didn't know how terrible it was going to be. <sighs> Afri- if, it's got the ti- if it's got the word Africa in the title. Yeah. And you're white, you have to do some due diligence about what's going to well, be Well, but I think here. Hallmark owns her. Oh. I mean, does she have any rights like, outside of the Hallmark? Do they world? keep her locked in a room? <laughs> it's possible. Well, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, so Warren wants to know. Well, no, actually, back to Warren and Kelly. There's just a little bit of a sad part thing with Lackey Chasbert. <laughs> Guys, I hope Lacey's not mad. Lacey, we really like you. I, the name is great. amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's probably listening, right? This is yeah, like yeah. all the rage. I mean, you're like my third or fourth favorite <laughs> Christmas <laughs> movie actress. There's Alicia Witt. Um, I mean, yeah. Well, Cam- Candace Cameron Bure. Candace Cameron Bure. Is yeah. Wait, her, her last name's Bure. Yeah, she's a Bure, grown up now. Yeah. Oh, Bure. Yeah, um, I really like Rachel Boston. She's not in enough stuff. I though. like her. Um, yeah, yeah, I like she's her. She's fantastic. Uh, Eric, Aaron, Aaron Krakow. Yep, she's like, great. Yeah, I'm always happy to see her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think even Alicia Witt. Well, yeah, probably Alicia Witt. Even she's, over. She's great. Yeah. Well, so yeah, anyway, by um, <laughs> Kelly, that's just to get us back on track. That's Warren's <laughs> ex-wife. She wants to know why he didn't try this hard when they were married. And he says he's trying now. So is this going anywhere? Are we getting Mrs. Saget in the cove? But no, we're not. She still wants to go through the divorce. <laughs> they argue about it. He says, I love you. She's like, you got engaged to someone else. He that- says... That was nothing. Well, yeah. Poor unlocked car, Justine. Literally. Yeah. That was nothing. That that was nothing. (laughs) She was a piece of furniture in my large, shiny home. Yeah. He's like, have you met her, Kelly? Yeah, right. Have you tried? If you met her, her, you would not, and you wouldn't be making a big deal. This would not be a thing. She says, "If you love me, let me go. Let me be happy." Oh, I saw that on a poster once. But then (laughs) they start kissing. Oh. But then back in Warren's office, there's an envelope from Kelly. It has the divorce decree in it, with a post-it saying, "I love you. If you still love me." Sign me. Oh, yeah, that kiss they had, though. That was at the restaurant, yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he went in with tongue. He there really was, did. This was the most tongueiest kiss I've seen on this show, I think. I thought they They had, were very erotic. I thought they had real chemistry. They it was did. a real kiss. It, it was. was. And it was right there in the captain's galley. Yeah, in public. Too. Yeah. They're allowed to kiss like that because they're married. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Even though they don't like each other or want to be married. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's not allowed to kiss Lackey Chasbert. <laughs> no, because even even in that movie, All of My Heart, with the, with the inn, yes. they weren't actually married. Exactly. But they were both living in the inn while wow. they were fixing it up. 
in separate, separate bedrooms. Yes. They were engaged, uh, but they had separate bedrooms. Uh, Are you so, kidding me? It was so Hallmark. It's Hallmark. Like, yeah. on in different wings of the B&B? Much, yeah. And there was an elderly lady who was in... Spied on them all the time. Yeah, and she was their chaperone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Pretty if there much. was. Blackie Chasburn, have you painted under the eaves yet? Like that? <laughs> no, more. Both feet on the floor. <laughs> 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 Both feet on the floor. Oh, oh my god. Let me burn. You guys ready for the B story? Probably. Okay. Justine and her love interest, PTSD veteran, teen wolf Luke Bailey, are walking along when he randomly asks, So, you used to be engaged to Warren? How the fuck yeah. does that not come up yet? He found this out at the dinner party oh, the, night yeah. the night before. So ridiculous. So why they are discussing it on a different day is beyond. He's trying to be me. all smooth. Yeah. So, so yeah. Oh, by the way, to Warren. Careful, yeah. he might wolf out. <clears throat> also, Justine has given up on her clothing 100% at this point. <laughs> She's just given up. Yeah. She's wearing a light blue buttoned shirt with the black pants. That you wear to a low-level office job where you're not allowed to wear <laughs> jeans, but you also don't have the money or the will to invest in anything remotely cute. <laughs> yeah. She looks like a bank teller on Casual Friday who got all her accessories stolen. <laughs> anyway, she's mad that Warren told him they were engaged, and he's like, why are you mad at him? Yeah. I mean, fair point. Totally. Um yeah. She, he says, do you still have feelings for him? She's like, gross, of course not. And then she says, it's not a big deal. He's like, yeah, it is. It's a big deal that you didn't tell me. Yeah, it's weird. She's exasperated. Um, Auntie Sarah, Uncle Brian, do you think she should have told him about being engaged to Warren by yes. now? Yes. Yes. How does that not come up? For months. Right? Like, at least. And he's I mean, like a thorn in a constant thorn in her side. And he's around. Yeah. Yeah. And they all live in the same town. Yeah. It's weird. They must have she... had some and just they must have had some discussion of like romantic sexual yes. history, right? Like Yes. Or, I mean you don't have to say like every boyfriend or whatever you've ever had, but like when you're engaged That feels like a highlight. I've been engaged before and yeah, yes he like still lives big, in town. We don't need to talk about deal. it. But like, like something yeah. should be revealed at some yes. point. Even if it's just that now. The one sentence explanation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you yeah. were engaged to Warren? Tell me about that. Tell yeah. me about that. So later, um, <laughs> Justine is at Moon's, <laughs> confiding her problems to him about not telling Luke about Warren, and Moon gives her the same advice everyone gives on this show. Just go talk to him. By the way, Moon's been married four times, so he knows. <laughs> that feels like an extra time than last we checked in. I didn't used to be three times. I thought so, yeah. yeah time. uh, continuity. He just keeps, well, or he just keeps getting married. Oh, maybe. Maybe <laughs> he got married off camera. Yeah. And then she left. He took a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and he took a wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now at this point, a new subplot opens up, which I call Seth 4. Or another fisherman comes to town. Oh, no. no. I know. So there's a dude in a peacoat having coffee at Moon's. Of course. When Moon comes up to him and out of nowhere offers him info on a job on a boat. He says, you have the hands of a fisherman, and you look like you need a job. <laughs> I just had an image of a man in a peacoat with a penny whistle playing in the background. And he's got lobster claws at hands. hands. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Yeah. He does have lobster claws. I mean, there's that. Did you, um, know, did you notice who this actor is? No, who is this? This actor has been the murderer in several different Hallmark movies. Mystery movies, yes. I have missed too many of these. Yes, he was the murderer um, on one of the Garage Sale Mysteries, the the the, the suit of armor grad student one. <gasps> uh, he was the yes! boyfriend of the grad what student who killed him? her. Right. Yes. Was him. Yes. Um, and he was the murderer. He was the murderous film director in the Aurora in the Aurora Tea Garden film. Director the the scene of the crime one. Yeah, where they're filming the Aurora Tea Garden movie in yeah, yeah, the yeah. Aurora Tea Garden movie. Yeah, and he was the murderous director in that. Whoa. He was also the original police detective in the Garage Sale Mysteries. That was the very dating first the pilot daughter? that was dating the daughter. That oh, they re weird. got they got rid of him. His and character then he came disappeared. Back as a yeah, then he came back as a different person and a murderer. Oh. Um, so he's just having 
He's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is. Um, he's just having a, a career. Yeah. All right, good for him. I spoiled all those movies for you, oh, dear I'm listener. Sorry. <laughs> but they're old. Yeah. They're pretty old, right? They're pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, honestly, those movies are so delightful, it doesn't matter if you know who the murderer is. I agree. Yeah. All right. So, um, anyway. Oh, so Justine watches him walk out, intrigued. Um, she gets... Oh, yeah. somebody damaged? <laughs> is that another fisherman that I smell? <laughs> I'm so aroused. <laughs> All I need is a crab claw and a peacoat. <laughs> Where's my lobster bed? Oh, no. <laughs> Auntie Sarah! Oh, this gross. is my Hallmark oh. channel. Um... So she gets Moon to exposit that this guy is running from his problems away from his wife and daughter. Uh-oh. And I don't know you about uncle and auntie, but I think Justine is getting pretty excited to maybe help. <laughs> maybe I can help or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh. So turns out the guy's name is Matt, and Moon has sent him to Derek's boat. Do you remember Derek? Yeah. Okay. So, there he's greeted by Luke, who knows him from somewhere. They warmly greet and laugh at the coincidence of it all. Then Luke and Seth Four, I mean Matt, are chit-chatting about Afghanistan like you do. Oh, no. Luke asks about his daughter, and Seth Four says his wife took her back to her folks in North Carolina. Luke invites him out to fish the next morning at 0600, and he says, copy that. Okay. they're veterans. All right. That's how they talk. Oh. Yeah. So then uh, Justine shows up at the boat. She says, I'm sorry I should have told you about Warren. And he says, there's things I should tell you too, but we'll get there. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Is that a red, red flag? flag? That sounds uh, If that sinister. were me, I'd be like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah. No, let's, let's talk now. Let's yeah. sit down right now. Or this weekend. Or, yeah. but like, what? Okay. Weird. Uh-oh. Anyway, anyway, Seth Four was walking away when Justine cruised up, and she asks about him. Uh, Luke says he's a retired SEAL. Justine says we should get him some help at the base. <laughs> oh, my God. Luke said he's running from his life. <laughs> Luke's, Luke's like he's divorced, and Justine says that Moon says that he's not. He needs our help. Oh, my God. <laughs> no boundaries. Justine's got no problems. Geez. I know. Then... Uh, they are then walking down the same street in the same clothes as the beginning of the episode, <laughs> arguing about uh, Seth Four and Matt. But he'll always be Seth Four to me. Seth yeah. Four. Uh, Luke says Matt is fine, and we don't even know if he has PTSD or whatever. Exactly. And Justine says you should invite him to your group therapy group. Oh my God! And it's like a dog with a bone, and will not give up. I could help. I want to help. <laughs> he says, I got this. He's my friend. Let me handle it. Yeah, back off. And Justine looks skeptical. The next day, Matt is stoked that Luke helped him to get a job on Derek's boat. Yeah. Yeah, Luke asks him, what's up? Moon says you're still married. Matt's like, that crazy hippie guy, what does he know? Yeah, really, what does he know? Yeah, weed. Luke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows weed. He knows marijuana. Yeah, Luke agrees Moon is pretty out there. <laughs> out there? Yeah. He's pretty out there. Like on Neptune? Yeah. Oh, you know, my God. He's out there. I guess so then Luke and Justine that. are walking again. This is their third walk of the day. Same clothes. <laughs> but this time... So much exercise. They're walking down Main Street. <laughs> Luke is telling Justine she's wrong, that Moon doesn't know what he's talking about. Matt doesn't need any help. Not every soldier who comes back has problems. She says there's something wrong. He says you don't know that, but she says, But I do. <laughs> she has a sixth sense for this. Yeah, she really does. She has a sixth sense for suffering. Mm-hmm. And ways to help. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, she should just let, let Luke be his friend and stay out of his business, I think. Duh. This is just, like, too much. Do it's, you think they just text each other every 90 minutes or so and say, Hey, do you want to take another walk? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing right now? Yeah. Can you get off the boat for 45 minutes so we can walk around the marina walk one more time? I need to get my steps in. I need to get my steps in. <laughs> I'm 45. <laughs> Every step is progress towards my health and happiness. 
for my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is. She's jobless. Well, except she's working for her Uncle Will. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's actually any work to do. No. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for women. <laughs> Good point, Justine. <laughs> so, Luke is aimlessly wandering around the marina where Moon happens to be sitting on, what else, a bench. Yeah. And reading. And we have never seen him do this before, so you wonder if he's plopped himself there to catch Luke alone. I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Matt strikes up a convo, or Moon strikes up a convo about Seth Four or Matt. Luke says, yeah, he's the toughest guy I know. Moon says, well, sometimes the tough ones are the hardest to help. Oh, boy. Mm. They're so busy taking care of everyone else. Except in this case, that is the opposite of what is happening. (laughs) Matt has literally (laughs) abandoned his wife and daughter. Yeah, he's not taking care of them. (sighs) Moon tells Luke he's lost in a lot of ways. Mm. And Luke seems to consider it coming from Moon, since, you know, he's he's a man. man. And he's out there. (laughs) Yeah. He's an out there man. Yeah, what does Justine know? Nothing. But another dude thinks that maybe Matt is not okay, so... Yeah. Yep. You know, it just seems just to That was it. We made it through the B story. Huh. We have another character to try to care about. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. (gasps) Maybe they'll... Not... No, No, you're not. No, I'm really not. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, guys. We we made it to the A story. All right. Jack and Alex are walking down Main Street after their AA meeting. These two? Yep. And Alex has done a complete 180 in her business attire. So all season she's been wearing super tight, brightly colored outfits. And now she's wearing a cream turtleneck with a cream blazer. And a swingy, below-the-knee navy blue skirt. What's happening? It's so high school vice principal. Like, I can't can't even. It's like the wardrobe only has enough scarves and jewelry for Grace and Olivia. (laughs) By the way, when you are full-chested, nothing makes your boobs look extra expansive and kind of long than a turtleneck. Yeah, unless you're wearing, like, a great necklace that breaks up all that geological space. But no necklace, not for supporting actresses. (laughs) You must earn your accessories. (laughs) (laughs) The German producers! I can actually imagine Andy McDowell has a clause in her contract saying that only she gets scarves. I'm the only one who can wear a scarf on this program. Everyone else has to go without scarves. It's a scarf rider! I just made a scarf rider in my contract. <laughs> Every contract. Make sure. Make sure that there's always scarves. Written into every contract. Anyway, Ms. McDowell requests a scarf rider. (laughs) 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 Alex is worried because she's been invited to a friend's birthday and she feels obligated to go, but it's at a bar and it all sounds icky to her. Don't go. Jack offers to accompany her, but she doesn't want to cause issues with him and Olivia, and he counters that she understands that they're just friends. Sure. She Mm. thanks him, but sets a boundary that she does not want to drag him into her stuff. All right. All right. So then uh, later, Paul strolls into Olivia's chambers to thank her for the disastrous dinner the night before. That was awesome. Yeah. It was pretty spectacular. And to ask her about getting a rental. Would she have any leads? A rental home. A rental, like an apartment. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, sorry. I, I was like, car? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, a rental to live in. Yeah. She asks what's wrong with the time and tide, and Paul snitches on Bob, that Bob has been, Bob is bullying him. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't think I'd want to live there if Bob no. was acting that way either. I know, no, right? Bob's Bob. terrible. Yeah, yeah, Bob, what the hell? Yeah. And then everyone's coming in and out of Olivia's chambers. Jack strolls in to say goodbye <laughs> before he leaves for Seattle. They get a little flirty. Um, He invites her for dinner. There's still no hug or kiss, and she's sitting down behind her desk the whole time, which is super weird. Um, Paul briefly interrupts, but they recover and plan to see each other that night. Back in Seattle, Jack and Jerry are walking down the street, and, (laughs) you know. Maybe. Or maybe it's just Jack. (laughs) Maybe it's all in his head. Um, And he's prodding her to spill what's bothering her. (gasps) What's bothering you, imaginary Jerry? Yeah. I don't hear your voice in my head. (laughs) It turns out management is not happy with her. (gasps) Circulation is down. Costs are up. She says, they love you, but they hate me. What? And he offers to help in any way he can. I wondered if they are setting up Jack to become editor of The Courier. Yeah. In his imagination. Yes. Can you imagine how 
messed up that will be when he shows up to the newsroom and he's like, I'm here. And everyone's like, who the hell is this? Yeah. yeah we Why never is met he? you. Uh, no, they're like, oh, shit. Somebody call security. It's the guy who's been writing all of those insane <laughs> gin-soaked <laughs> columns. <laughs> and is he going to run the newsroom from the Chronicle office in Cedar Cove? I like, mean, probably, or, right? Or from his weird Seattle pad. Also, how long is sex Jer- pad? Oh, yeah. sex pad. How long has Jerry had this editor job? A week, two? I mean, it's been really. A, a it was like last half. episode, right? Yeah. Circulation is down, down and costs in the last are week. Up? Everybody what does found that out mean? that a lady became the editor and they canceled yeah. their subscriptions. <laughs> um, Have they transitioned to like all post consumer waste paper? How, are, how do costs go up? Right, how do costs go up? Maybe she, I mean, maybe she hired, like, five new reporters. And maybe uh, the advertisements down. Maybe. Maybe. Well. It seems premature to be upset. Yeah, right? From management. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Later, uh, of course, Jack and Alex run into each other on the streets of Seattle. Because, you know, it's not Uh, a large city. But where's Jerry? Well, she's gone. Hiding in a bush? Uh, she went back into Jack's mind. Into his head. Um, and he needles Alex into having lunch with him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, later, Olivia is now the one having coffee on a bench when Paul strolls up because he cannot resist a bench. You know, the bench used to be Jack and Olivia's thing. Oh, yeah. Hashtag it's... all of Jack. Those were simpler times. <laughs> but now it seems Paul is usurping that spot. Uh. Hashtag Paulivia. Oh, Paul Olivia. Olivia. It, these all sound like horrible, you know, medications that they sell on late night television. Or on Hallmark. It's like during the day. day. Yeah, during the day. On Hallmark, all yeah. they do is... Olivia. Olivia. Yeah. It's for diabetes or psoriasis. Probably, yeah. <laughs> feeling bad. <laughs> do you not have energy like you used to? Does your life no longer have meaning? Paul is coming to apologize for giving her unsolicited advice. And she says, all my life, my brother has done everything wrong and I have done everything right. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's it. Um, <laughs> but then she also said she liked getting his honest opinion. He offers to buy her a salad slash bunny food. Lunch. Oh my god. But meanwhile, who else is having lunch? Jack and Alex are having lunch at a bar with balloons everywhere, performatively drinking water out of plastic bottles. What is this shitscape hellhole? It's, well, he it's, says, oh, go ahead. Oh. It's the party she was going to. Oh, party. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Party. <laughs> she says, choose your friends wisely, because apparently Alex's friend is boozing it up big time. He says, let's go. She says, I gotta stay. I can't run from life. Well, but what? you can run from this. Yes, but you, you don't can. have to. You don't know, have to stay at so the dumb. damn party. There's so many other options for celebrating your friend's birthday. So right. many. Like, you could take them out to lunch one-on-one. Yes. Or just get them a nice gift. Yes. Yeah. Or send them a card. Yeah, you don't have to Drink go Drink a bottle of water and then give them a hug and then leave. Yeah. Yeah. You have a thing. You have an appointment. Yeah. You're it's also nice. an alcoholic. Yeah, it's yeah, so good you're to see where to go. Yeah. And maybe that's it's inappropriate for me to be here. Bye. Yeah. That's all you have to say. I know, right? It is. She has terrible friends. Terrible anyway. friends. Anyway. They're all from her semi-Hagar model days, though, probably, right? Oh, probably, yeah. 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 Uh, this party just got so much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they in Seattle? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. They should be in Hollywood. Totally. Um, Malibu. Then, Malibu. So he says, <laughs> let's distract valley. ourselves by playing pool. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. I know. So he says he can catch the last ferry and still make dinner with Olivia. Sure so he can. You know what that means. He's going to miss the ferry, right? Goodbye. Um, Goodbye. <laughs> Paul is for some reason working uh, at a table at Moon's, and Olivia strolls up, and it's the same outfit. So they've already had a discussion in her chambers, yes. two cups of coffee, <laughs> and lunch before this afternoon meeting. <laughs> Nobody ever gets any actual work done on this program. No. They all text each other every hour, 90 minutes. Yeah. Hey, what you doing? Want coffee? Yeah. Go and for the... a stroll? Yeah. Meet me on a bench. Right. Yeah. She asks him to mediate the situation with her brother to help her avoid court. He's like, no, please, no, don't make me do this. She says, everyone in Cedar Cove hates Will, so no one else will be fair. And then she says he has... That she, Olivia, has the same hair as Lady Justice. 
What? <laughs> and finally gives in because Olivia says please, and she gets whatever she wants on this show. And he's charming and he's growing on me. Yeah. Does she actually have the same hair as Lady no. Justice? No. In what cartoon world? I don't know. I don't think she does. I don't think so. I no. Not in any maybe in a cartoon. Uh, does she even have the same hair as her in that cartoon where um uh the first woman Supreme Court justice walks past her and she's going Rrr. Well, I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Google it, people. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Sandra Day O'Connor is walking past Lady Justice, and Lady and and Lady Justice is raising the blindfold off her eye. Oh, well, really? How about that? Like, there's a lady, and boy, am I excited about that. Huh. Huh. Oh, I don't know Good for Lady Justice. Well, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Never mind. Well, no, that's, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was We good. established so, something. Uh, so then Jack is arrogantly playing pool. Oh, he's so cocky. Is he doing the he's thing behind so his back? cocky. Almost. I mean, pretty much. Ew. And he's, Not like, schooling but... the young guys and being all, like, Ugh. I'm a cool old guy and I'm Ew. better at everything. He's no yeah. such thing. Yeah, he's, like. <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> trying to be yeah, cool. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah. don't be Jack. Yeah, he's... There's he's, no such thing as cool man it's Jack. It's, like, embarrassing. It it's is. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, um, but but Alex, Alex thinks it's hot. Yeah, she's getting hot Ew, watching Oh, no, come on. It's basically another Sammy Hagar music video. I'm gonna <laughs> barf. <laughs> All right. Oh, you made that too. Then um, uh-huh. Will, Will pulls up to Charlotte's house in his penis porch, Porsche <laughs> to find <laughs> Olivia waiting for him. <laughs> She offers him arbitration, avoiding court. She begs him to work it out, but he's stubborn, and that's it. I'm begging you to work I'm it out. I'm begging. Let's avoid court. Then Jack and Alex are joshing each other after an afternoon of playing pool, Ugh. and she calls him a god. Ew! Oh, a pool god. That's disgusting. Oh. I want he to vomit. He's feeling really good about himself. I'm sure he is. Oh. Yeah. He leaves a voicemail for Olivia saying he'll be on the last ferry and they'll connect when he gets back. Bullshit. Hey, Olivia, this is the god. Um, I just want... Yeah. <laughs> it's me, your boyfriend, Ew. cool god. Ew! Cool god. It sounds like a weird man covered in moss living at the bottom of a chlorinated swimming pool. It's not... It, it's not good. Oh, he's the pool god. Ew. Oh, we must give it, make an offering to the pool god. And he's like, and he's like covered in like dead leaves. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he has the the um, the hose of the pool vacuum wrapped around his shoulder, like a <laughs> yeah, gross, oh. like a sash. Of yeah, honor. Oh. And you have to be careful. So the pool god will drag you down to the depths of the deep end. <laughs> Somehow Count Chocula is in this myth. Sarah's favorite voice is Count Chocula. Count Chocula! <laughs> so then Paul comes into Olivia's courtroom and says they're all set for arbitration tomorrow and would she like to have dinner? She says she has plans with Jack but she hasn't have heard from him yet so maybe he Jack. got tied up so okay, she'll go. <laughs> In the final easy listening, vaguely country montage, we cut to Olivia's phone ringing from a call Uh-oh. with a call from Jack. But she's left it on her desk while she's out with Paul. Oh, no one does that. No, no, no. No one does that. Like you're supposed, you have plans with your significant you're other. Waiting for a call. You're waiting for a call, and then you just leave your phone. Oh well, guess this isn't happening. Guess I won't need my phone for the rest oh, of the day. Oh well, guess I should have dinner with this handsome stranger. Guess I'll yeah. come back here and get my phone before I go home. Yeah, right. No one does that either. All my stuff. No yeah. one goes back to work after dinner. Yeah, no. What? No. It's weird. Uh-uh. So during the same montage, Warren is in his office. Uh-huh. Uh, he looks at his mother's ring one last time, just as Will comes in with some more documents for Warren to sign. He says, "Should I tell Olivia?" Or you. Oh, shit. Warren says, I will. Oh! 
twinkle in his eye. Uh-oh. Um, Fecal artist. The music continues as Jack and Alex walk into the captain's galley. <gasps> Why is she with off them? the ferry. Jack and Alex, well, they were in Seattle together, and they took the ferry back together. So now they're inseparable. Why are they both? Why didn't she just go home? Why yeah. did she go with him to the yeah, captain's Let me go with you on your date. Let me, uh, let me go with you to They're dating. Right? Basically. They're dating. Um, he says he's worried about Olivia, he never heard back from her, and he still doesn't know where she is. Oh, I wonder where the fuck she is. Alex says, I know where she is. She's right there having a glass of wine with Paul. Oh, she's on a date, too. And then she makes a poop face, and then the crowd (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. And then everyone makes the face of... Polivia. Yeah, of Polivia. <laughs> Have you been living with Polivia? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and then there's the commercial for like um Jalex? Jalex Ew <laughs> that definitely my blood sugar. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> But they all sound like uh, medications. Yeah. Well, that's our recap. Um, do you guys want to do five guesses as to uh, what Seth Four, aka Matt, is running from? <laughs> oh Jesus! What is he running from? Uh. <sighs> Besides his wife and daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, copyright infringement. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Too many parking tickets. Yep. Um, he's being, um, he's been, uh, uh, he's been cursed by an Egyptian mummy. <gasps> oh, oh! That's the most likely. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like, well, I'm running away from you to protect you. Yeah. That's good. It's the yeah. only feasible <laughs> reason. <laughs> I'm hiding out in this area so, so that the Egyptian mummy that is, uh... <laughs> I'm trying to get as far from Egypt as I can. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm making sure that my wife and child are as yeah. far away from me as possible so that they won't be affected by the wrath of the Egyptian mummy. Right. Maybe he's actually running away from Luke and he's just not very good at it. <laughs> Maybe they had their own moment. Yeah. Or their stranded-esque moment, and he doesn't know how to deal with his feelings, and he's trying to get away, and then he doesn't realize that Luke is in Cedar Cove. Maybe he's another werewolf, and he's like, oh, goddammit, I thought that was going to be the only werewolf in this town. Oh, they're very territorial. Yeah. Yeah, so you can't can't stay there. They can't both be there. Pissing contest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. I need to cover this town in my urine. (laughs) Yeah. I must cover this town in my urine. (laughs) 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 Boing, boing, boing. (laughs) Lucas just drinking gallons of water the day before the full moon. (laughs) I was sure (laughs) the town will be mine. bladder of them all. No, of them all. Yeah, I oh. think that's good. Those are some good guesses. These are some good Yeah, are next time on, on No Helmet Required, we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 6. Ha-ha! Farewell, dear listener. We advise you to go through life with a crooked smile and a knowing gaze. Please stay roughly within the law and use your down-home common sense. Yay! Yay!